Coming to you from the Underground Studio, this is the Sipping Social Podcast. My name is Mike Carl. I'm here with my boy and certified bourbon steward, Garrett Turnquist. Yo. We also have our stellar producer on the mic, Johnny. Say what up. What's up? We're here to dive into all aspects of the restaurant industry. We truly love what we do and more so we love talking about it. We're going to pour, sample, review anything you need to know about. Pour yourself a cocktail and join us on this journey. Let's Let's go. go. All right, welcome to podcast number five, guys. Thanks for joining us as we all get out of this winter fog that's had a hold on us in the Chicagoland area. Bring on the outdoor activities and boozing. Gentlemen, what is up? What are we sipping on right now? Garrett, what do you got? I got uh, from Fox River Distillery in Geneva, the Bennett Mill Single Barrel. Nice, Johnny. Yeah, and I'm still trying to finish that Angel's Envy knuckle, so uh, we got that poured right now. Did you just put saran wrap over the glass? No, I mean, I yeah. what do you got mike i got the david nicholson's reserve it's pretty tasty uh it's got a lot of spice in it but it's uh it's tasting good let's have a little cheers and have a good podcast here boys boom we got a lot to talk about on this podcast so we're gonna get right into it a couple big things for you gary you got a nice new addition to the family and then we'll talk about that nice little accolade you got from yelp yeah, I had a kid and bought a house in the six hours separating them. It was nuts. A lot of fun? Yeah, it's, it's, it's incredible. Nice. So I got to tell you this story. I've been saving this one for a while. Nice. So move into the house. We're done at like 6 p.m. Go get some, some portillos. And then I'm spending the night at my parents' house because that's where my kid is. Uh, so I see him in the morning. So then when I unpack the rest of my house, um, at least I got to see my kid. I didn't see him in like 24 hours. So I forgot to bring a bag of clothes with me from the house. I didn't want to wear the same clothes again the next day. So I threw them in the wash and asked my parents first, you know, like an extra set of clothes. My dad is not the same height or weight as me. So it, like, it didn't fit. So I'm sleeping buck naked. And at three o'clock in the morning, my, uh, my wife says that her water broke. Ooh. And I was like, <laughs> are you serious now like we we have to close on a house in like nine hours mm. so um like whatever that doesn't matter anymore nope. so we got to go to the hospital but i don't have any clothes because my clothes are sitting wet in the wash wow so i'm naked like knocking on my parents door like with my head around the corner be like hey hey wake up molly's water broke i need any clothes to wear to the hospital because i don't have any <laughs> So I'm wearing my dad's. He's like 5'10", 190. I'm 6'2", 210. Mm-hmm. The, the, the clothes are not the same size. I, you know, I'm wearing like a, these baggy, like tight around the waist jeans and uh, a polo that's about two inches too short. Jeez. I looked like a complete idiot. But you, you probably looked like a dad. You're wearing a belly shirt? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Like, <laughs> there's no way I got any belly button lint that day because the shirt didn't get down that far. Anyway, they give you scrubs right away, so it was fine. But it was like for like an hour, you're sitting there in these, like, these clothes that are fine. They're just don't they just don't fit right so everything, Plus, everything we know roger's style is is top notch he's he's a stylish dude he's got he's got it going on oh yeah for sure <laughs> so thanks, awesome. thanks to them for putting up with that and the kid came out healthy the house closing happened My, mom's healthy congratulations on that Thank that's you. fantastic yeah it's pretty exciting two kids now new house big month for g and uh let's talk about that accolade you got for your, your whiskey bar in glen ellen mm. number 13 whiskey bar in the country Based on Yelp. Number one in Illinois. Number one in Illinois. There was only two from Illinois on that list. Well, they list. only had two from each state. Oh, that's all it was? Yeah. Well, not all the states got them. 
Well, they'd say they, would, they maxed out at two for each state. They wouldn't put more than two for, to, to, ah, I so they wouldn't be duplicated. That was one of the stipulations. Yeah. It seemed like there was a lot of different stipulations going on, but regardless, as far as an accolade, number 13 and doing anything in the U.S. is huge. So I'll take it. Congratulations to you and your uh, whiskey program. Did anybody like nominate you guys for that, or do you know how, how you guys even no. came about that? Well, just uh, Yelp just did that as a promotional thing for themselves, so I didn't know it was happening. They didn't reach out to you or anything? It was just, no. damn, number just, 13. There it is. Awesome. I, I found it, out from another another source. That's so cool, dude. I'm uh, I'm really happy for you guys and the owners of the, the restaurant establishment. That's uh, quite an accolade. Good job. Thank you. Thank you. Industry is busy as can be right now because we're coming out of the tax season, which yep. is nice. And that's one of the things I wanted to talk about. And I'm coining this term uh, yearly industry ebb and flow. Uh, for the restaurant industry, we're gonna try to we're gonna try to rename that because I feel like we could do a better job. But as far as what the nuances of what that means, those are different things that we can talk about. That happens from pay period to pay period and season to season and year to year based on you know the demographics of where you live. Those are things we want to dive into and kind of explore with you guys. Uh, last week there was some whiskey fest going on in Chicago. We're gonna definitely talk about that a little bit. There was National Whiskey Day on last Wednesday, the twenty seventh, March twenty seventh. That was kind of cool. Unfortunately, because Garrett. Yeah, I keep rubbing it in. Yeah, I'm sorry. I was, I was not, I'm not trying to brag. No, no, that's right. No, I, you was, had a lot going on. It was, oh, man, but, the, but the one week. <laughs> the one week that I could have had a kid, my Christmas and New Year's all happened. Well, well John and I held it down at the Breakthrough Whiskey Fest for you, just nice. so you know. We'll talk about that in a little bit. The beer review today is Cumulus from Hailstorm, another delicious local IPA, uh, Hailstorm out of Tinley Park. What do we got for our spirit, G? Uh, we're doing a Maker's Mark uh, Private Select. Ooh, that sounds tasty. I don't know if I've ever had anything like that. Johnny, have you? No, I haven't. Beautiful. Uh, we got our customer of the week. This is a great one. For us who work at busy restaurants who utilize community tables, know all about this. Customers come in, explain the community table aspect, uh, see the two open seats at the bar that is packed. Uh, we'll just sit at the bar. We're going to get into that and that aspect. And instead of sitting at a table where you're sitting next to two people, now you're sitting next to 22 people. Let's talk about what the honor is to be called the 13th best whiskey bar in the U.S. Talk about some of the other bars that are on that list that you know, that you've been to, or that you've heard about, and how it feels to be compared to those. Well, a couple of them I've never heard of before. Some of them are bars that are actually in distilleries. So do I believe that I'm running the 13th best whiskey bar in the United States? No. I'm not sure that I'm the 13th best in Illinois. Their criteria for it was that they took all of like the four and five star reviews and the percentage of those that said the word whiskey in it in the review then got ranked that way, which is kind of a goofy way to do it. But sure, but that's a, that's are, a, that's a fair bringing, stipulation. Yeah, people are bringing up the fact that you've got whiskey. That, well, that's based on just reviews. That's what you're... It's a whiskey bar. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's what you're going for. Yeah, absolutely. You know, your whiskey holds up with everybody, so you yeah. can go to battle with those big boys that we've been to, that we know, that yeah. we talked about. There's one in Oregon where, like, the guy, like, I don't know if he has got a problem, but he just doesn't stop buying different whiskey products. So he just has all of them? And it's on every single wall in the restaurant. Like, there's walls in the bathroom that have shelves with whiskey bottles in them. Oh, that's kind of cool. The, the entire decor is whiskey bottles. I can't imagine working there on a busy day and be like, I don't know where the bottle XYZ is. Oh, I think that's in the women's bathroom. You have to wait till somebody's out of there. I'm, I'm like, glad you didn't name a specific bourbon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Say, oh, that bourbon's in the bathroom. Yeah. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's, that, that's how good it is. That's probably the best real estate, though, for seeing it. Advertisement? Yeah, when you're in the bathroom, you pay attention sure. more. Sure. Get in front of people. Yeah. Well, and, I'm, and I bet you that that's the stuff that's not expensive <laughs> i'm assuming there's a high theft value exactly yeah. anything under 17 dollars <laughs> put in the men's bathroom yeah. 
let's just keep talking about whiskey. We love talking about it. We're sipping on it right now. We're all sipping on some neat whiskey. Johnny, what was the best part of the whiskey fest we went to besides the 40 different distilleries that were there? Well, I would say um, you inviting me to that Blanton session, and then we got to try uh, something that's not sold in the United States, the Blanton's Gold. So good. <laughs> that was so good. It was yeah. so, so tasty. tasty. I, uh, and the dude giving like, the uh, talk. So just, knowledgeable. So knowledgeable, yeah. Just and, and how that, that came off and, and, and the information that I gathered from it and how, how professionally done that fest was. Right. The amount of ale fests and whiskey fests that I've been to in conventions where people are just getting cocked and... Everyone's getting tuned up. Yeah, everybody's getting tuned up. This was much different. This was much more professional, learning about different things, different products, and that Blanton's Gold, I knew that it existed. I didn't realize that the reason why it's only sold in Europe is because the original Blanton's, when they first started making it, didn't sell well in the U.S. So they made a higher proof Blanton's to go over to Europe to make it approachable to scotch drinkers. So once it started taking off, the gold did in Europe, and then the regular Blanton started taking off in the U.S., they're like, why would we change up a good thing? It's not that it's illegal in the U.S., they just don't sell it in the U.S. So just learning that alone, that little snippet, I thought really upped my whiskey game. Yeah, I thought it was also interesting uh, when they were talking about when they barrel Blanton's and when it's flagged to go to bottling, there's like a committee that's like all these different Mm -hmm. people like that taste each one of those like so a barrel is flagged for bottling and then it goes to the process where like 30 or 40 people throughout the company will taste that barrel have a sample of it no wonder there's no uh, blantons anywhere right. to be found <laughs> all 30 or however many it was has to be unanimous has to be unanimous across the board if one of them says no they put it back in the in the rick house and it becomes Elmer T. Lee later that's interesting it can be it can right? be yeah. it could be used for something else one of the experimental bourbons that they do and that's what they also talked about was their experimental bourbons that they do with cypb and the eh taylor four grain those are all experimental bourbons i learned so much that day the last thing i'll talk about is for how many experimental bourbons that they've made that are good there's 10 that are terrible and they save those and they bottle them so they don't remake that mistake the guy said that we have a closet of bourbons that are terrible and somebody asked in the in the seminar someone's like well how bad can it actually be the guy's like we have standards yeah. it doesn't meet the standard we're not selling it under that that label yeah so they have they literally have a closet at their distillery of bourbons that they've messed up on and that's that's like a 10-year 12-year 15-year process so think about the profit margin on that when you're when you're working with small batch stuff or you're trying to make something that's you can sell to the masses that's really cool uh there was the big uh, whiskey fest in chicago none of us went to that but uh i went last year and it was it was right just i did three laps when i was there one lap was of the stuff that i wanted to make sure i tried because i yeah. freaking loved it yeah and that included like meeting some that's of the a good strategy Winkles right there and making sure you get the good ones yeah. and the ones the ones that you so want i waited in line in van winkle right away and then wheatley master distiller which is kind of cool cool and then some like really high-end scotch that i knew that i would never buy a bottle of and then went back around again to try the stuff that i had never had before and then the third time i went around after i was loose uh real loose the uh to start networking with people to try to get them to come in and help me with promotional stuff with like whiskey classes that i teach that's sweet man i only successful on like 10 percent of those conversations but if you were, if you were loose and letting it loose and 10 yeah. is pretty solid yeah, in it. my opinion yeah oh i don't i don't blame take myself blame for any of that they all said yes they just no, no one ever followed through nice not nice. to name names yeah don't no. please don't we went, we're gonna have those people on the podcast at some point so we want well, them to probably like us. not if they keep <laughs> bailing on me oh we're gonna try then maybe now my yelp review my yelp review will get them to come on oh there you go i like it I, I appreciate you bringing up yeef earlier with the the coining the phrase yearly industry ebb and flow i feel like you have my back on that yeah. I, I told my fiance about this i thought this was something kind of new we all in the industry um whatever industry you're in you, you realize there's different ebbs and flows but i was super excited about coining this phrase 
I told my fiance this story. How do you think that that went went over? That's dumb. <laughs> she didn't say it like that, but she's just like, what? <laughs> Did she go? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but that would have been awesome. But she's much smarter than me, and I'm such a dumbass for even saying this. I go, do you do you know what heaven flow means? And she's like, she like literally like recited the definition. I was like, oh, yeah. Oh. So I, I said, this isn't the best idea you think that I've ever had. And she goes, I think you could just work on it a little bit. I go, okay. That's nice of her to say it that. Yeah, way. It was very nice of her to say it that way. But I'm still going with it. We're going with the yearly industry ebb and flow. And what ebb and flow is, a recurrent or rhythmical pattern of coming and going or declining growth. That describes the restaurant industry to a T, season to season, pay period to pay period, year to year. The demographics change. The demographics go up. The demographics go down. You know, small things like that affect it. Um, So I'm going to put this out there. Hashtag yearly industry ebb and flow hashtag yeef we're gonna start posting stuff on there at some point yeef yeef we have talked about how we've done this for a couple podcasts now and we've we talked about revamping some of the things that we've we've done and and now that we're kind of honing our craft a little bit more we realize that we want to expand what we're doing and start involving a lot more people so it's time for us to start inviting guests onto the zipping social podcast so keep an eye out i mean an ear out for a heavy dose of industry peeps that we plan on inviting on some people you might know some people you don't but people that we've been networking with and know for a long time owners cooks uh, reps, people who are involved in different aspects of the, the hospitality industry, uh, hotels, and things of that nature. But we're going to start bringing these people on and people that you want to listen to and, and people that know a lot about the industry that can teach us some things and uh, hopefully teach you guys some things. The first person who emails us with a topic to talk about on the podcast and we actually talk about it is going to get a free hat. We've designed a couple hats. We're going to have a couple of hat options featuring our uh, our logo that's created by a, a local artist, uh, Luke Newman. He did a good job for us. It's on our website, and uh, that's the logo we'll be rocking on all of our swag that we make. Ooh. Is that, is can, that enticing? Can I, or? can I send you an email? You don't count. I'm thirsty. You thirsty? I could use a drink. Oh, let's have some beer. All right, our beer today is uh, Hailstorm Brewing out of Tinley Park, Cumulus New England IPA at 6.3% ABV. Uh, I've had this beer several times. It is delicious. I know that we've reviewed a lot of IPAs. We are going to go away from that. We're going to come up with a new format of reviewing our beer just so we can kind of expand it a little bit, expand our knowledge, and hopefully get you guys the knowledge that you need to, to have to drink these delicious beers. But let's get back into Hailstorm Brewing out of Tinley Park. They make really good beer. I've had three or four of their core beers. I really like the artwork on the can, but I'm going to have to learn a little bit more about the canning, the difference between cans that have labels slapped on them as opposed to the, the actual like labels on the, the aluminum. You know what I'm talking about? I'm assuming about? that the, the slapped on label is cheaper to make it that way. I agree, and it looks cheaper. It does look cheaper. So while I like the artwork on the can and the colors, the slapped on label just to me looks cheap. And I know that that shouldn't reflect anything upon the beer, but I'm just being honest about my opinion. And even some of the bigger breweries that I've seen do this, it just doesn't look as good. And I think that if you can afford the extra... Now, if you're a newer brewery and that's what you got, and that's all you can afford, I get it. But at some point, you've made beer long enough to, to move on to the big boy status and, and make it look a little bit cleaner, sleeker. You want you want the can to jump out at people, you know? Well, then when you touch it for the first time, you automatically know that there's a label slapped on it. Absolutely. Like, you can't hide it. All right, let's get a nose on this. Get a nice big whiff. Ooh, it's fruity, right? Yeah, mm. I'm I'm getting some like serious pineapple in there. It's 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 a good beer. I, I've had it multiple times, and it, so I like, like it a, a lot. Like an apricot too, something. Oh, or a peach. Peach for sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely peach on that on the back end. I think it's good. 
It's balanced. It's clean. The finish is clean. That doesn't taste like I thought it was going to. No. The nose on it is way different. It's a different like uh, fruit aroma you get on the nose than you do on the taste. It's really light. What's the ABV? 6.3, which is great for New England style that's, that's hazy like that. What do you think the standard ABV is of a New England IPA? 6.3 to 7.5 is probably the standard. Anywhere in between those. We had the, that sketchbook, Insufficient Clearance. I think that's the best I've said it out of any of the podcasts. Congrats. Thank you. I've been working on it. I was hoping we could talk about it again, but that was that one was at like five percent. <laughs> I was practicing the same that word. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is definitely like sweet and fruity on the nose, but then mm-hmm. when you drink it, like you said, Garrett, it's like super light. You it's, don't really get yeah, it's that different. much fruity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it, are you saying that in a bad way, or are you like the the light crisp clean aspect? I do like of the it? light crisp clean. Yeah, I think it's the most refreshing one I've had. Mm. Yeah. That's good. Buy a beer, buy a pack, gift it or dump it. And I'm gonna go first. Uh, I'm I'm buying a pack because I don't want to gift it. And I want to have a four-pack at home. I think it's that good. Uh, if if we were doing the, the old rating out of 10, I'd be giving it a seven and a half. Johnny, what do you got? All right, I'll go next. Uh, I would <laughs> I would buy this at a, at a restaurant. I would just buy a beer. And I would give it uh, I'd give it an eight because I like the refreshing aspect of it. And I like the sweet fruitiness for it. All right. All right. I probably have a weird rating with this one. Uh, I would probably rate it lower as a number scale. So I'd maybe rate it like a seven. Mm. Uh, six and a half, seven. <clears throat> but what is it? Seven. Nice. But as far as our buy buy a beer, buy a pack, gift it or dump it, I would probably say dump it. Do I'm it. Building it up. Do it. What am I gonna do? Say it. first. Dump it. <laughs> I would. I would probably buy a pack. I would buy Ooh. a pack for the house. I think this would be really good in the summer. You could probably pound that whole four pack. Yeah, on a say. hot day. Yeah. Oh, it's perfect. And with that ABV, you can have all four and not feel like you're going to be getting silly. Yeah. That's awesome. I, I think that's a solid review. That's a solid beer. Uh, is, this, I don't, is this all year round? This is Yeah, this is available year round. This, this is one of their beer. core beers. Nice. I have not seen this in a bar. I got this. Where did I get this at? Oh, uh, beer cellar in Glen Ellen, which seems to be where I get all my beer that we review on here, which is great. Those guys are awesome. We got to get those guys on. We will get those be, guys on. It'd be a real shame if uh, someone didn't tell them they wanted to come on. Absolutely. This smoke break brought to you by Joseph A. Bird's Mortuary Stylus Co. Need a style cut on a corpse? You know who to call. Joseph A. Bird will make them, hopefully not you, look good. Because there's no squirming or fussing to deal with, every hair gets the attention to detail it deserves. When they're laying in that casket looking pretty, you'll know you made that right decision. make an appointment or find out more information, call 188-LAST-CUT. That's 188-L-A-S-T-C-U-T. His resume speaks for itself. Just ask any of his customers. All right, I'm on the smoke break tonight. I'm going to make this one quick. Kate and I love Cooper's Hawk. We go there all the time. We're bottle members on the wine club. We were there out to lunch. We had a little wine tasting with a day off. And since our days off are far and few together, are far and few between, we usually take advantage of it. We do some, some mics, and then we go get some wine tasting, and then we have some <laughs> dinner. We decided because it was like middle of the afternoon, let's not get a table. Let's just sit down at the bar. Sit down at the bar. We find out we have a rewards like $25 off. Like, oh, that's sweet. Guy tells us about it. So we just got like an appetizer and a couple more glasses of wine. So our bill wasn't very big. It was like 60 bucks maybe. 
take the 25 off goes down to 35 so because i'm in the mindset of if you get a discount on something you should tip on the original bill 100 you know so i tipped on the original bill i think i gave, gave the guy like a 40 dollars tip on like a 35 like he was extremely happy so much so that he came over and shook my hand afterwards and was like thank you very much mind you we've had several glasses of wine from this guy right i noticed that the wine key with the handle is stuck in his pants behind his belt loop into his actual pants underneath his shirt so now mm. not that wine keys are that long but there was definitely had to have been some skin touching at some point on that wine key and it was blatant it was like almost like a like a pistol like he had it like stuck like in his pants and i, I looked at kate i'm like you see that she's like yeah i just noticed that i go did, did he open any of the bottle of wine so he's drinking she's like he did and i was like oh that's nasty oh, and i just given gosh. this guy a 40 dollar tip not that I wouldn't have given him that tip if I had noticed that in there, but I was just like, sanitary-wise, that's, that's disgusting. That can't be right. That's disgusting. You can't be. You shouldn't <laughs> be allowed to do that. You can't be doing that. You put it in your back pocket, put it in your front pocket, put it in your belt loop where you can see both sides. You know what I mean? In a wine key, it's like a, it's like a, you know, like a V. Yeah. You know what I mean? You can see both sides, but this guy had the handle underneath the pants, underneath the shirt. That's gnarly. So he had the part that was. You're talking about a wine key that opens up a bottle of wine, right? Right. And he had the part that actually touches the most precious part of the bottle, the opening, in his pants. The lip. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Instead of the back end, mm-hmm. which wouldn't have touched mm-hmm. the top of the bottle. That's exactly. Gross. That's really exactly. gross. That's yeah. really gross. <laughs> yeah, was, we, were, we were disgusted. Did you get any pubes in the top Ex- of your exactly. bottle? Exactly. The, the first thing I thought to myself was, like, if this guy doesn't manscape, we're in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to need to call Joseph. Do one of these. <laughs> The only thing worse is if you noticed it when he was walking away, and that was like on the center of his back, <laughs> just pushed down his crack. So it doesn't wiggle. Yeah. Why'd you get it in there? This gross. I, I just couldn't believe he had it like like literally in his pants. Let's move on to our spirit review. Yes. Yes. This is. I've been actually. You know, I was contemplating for the past week and a half what I was going to do because it was like my first one back. I wanted to have something pretty awesome. Uh, so this is one of these. Uh, that's the back of it. That's the front. There's. Uh, I've got a bunch of bottles that I am like scared to open at home because they're like expensive or hard to get. Dude, or, like, talk about I a sick brag. Yeah. You've been calling us out for sick brags for four weeks, and now you just dropped one. Dropped a big one right there. Finally. Anyway, so I was like, well, if I'm if if I got a house and a new kid. What, what am I saving these bottles for? This is sure. it, right? So uh, I had a buddy over. He brought a cigar, and we opened this bottle. Was that you, Johnny? No, that was our buddy, Darren. So we're doing the Maker's Mark Private Select. They do this all the time. So this is like this is kind of like a, a rarer bottle. Not many people probably have this exact same one. Sure. But um, they do this program constantly. So like if we said, hey, I want to do this for our restaurant, we could call them up and like, sign hey, it up. And sign up, and we cool. can. We don't even have to. Um, so the, who did who did this one? There is no tasting for it. You just have to say what you want and they sure. make it for you. Uh, this is from Benny's uh, Beverage Depot. They did three different barrels. This is number six. So it's Maker's Mark Private Select. This is a really cool thing. I really want to talk about this because I think it's really something interesting. Maker's Mark does a really cool um, interaction with their fans. There's like a membership program where like you become like this elite person. When you go down there, you can like wax your own bottles. You can pick out uh, your own product. You can engrave your names in the in the wax or stamps you're on these mailing lists and you uh, all this free swag in the it, mail it, that's if you go there or do you have to just sign up for this program separately and then go down there uh, and you then, have to, then you you have have to the be there to, to, to sign up for it so it's a lot more interactive when you actually go to the totally. distillery is this a common thing for most distilleries or is i would this... say no okay i've been to a bunch of distilleries and none of them are offering anything anything like giving this. you free waxes and yeah. 
yeah, if you could get some <laughs> yeah, <laughs> hot hot waxes. So uh, if anyone's not familiar, Maker's Mark, they've been around for a really long time. The standard bullshit story about mash bill being passed down from generation to generation. The sixth in line distiller, Bill Samuels, changed the mash bill from corn, rye, and malted barley to corn, wheat, and malted barley. And uh, he did that because uh, there was a fire and he lost a bunch of his product. There was actually another fire in Maker's Mark in 2005, maybe. They lost 2% of their product and lost like 17,500 gallons of whiskey. Jeez. Aged whiskey. Johnny, what's your thoughts over there? The difference between Maker's Mark and Maker's 46 is that they go make a sandwich. They (laughs) add uh, whiskey staves to the Maker's Mark and age it nine more weeks. So this private select is where you get to pick different whiskey staves to be thrown into your Maker's Mark. Nice. They age it for nine more weeks, and then and that's what and makes it. That, that's what makes it the, the select. Correct. Part of it is that you're you're choosing what's going what's going in there for the staves. Correct. So, you want to talk about what a stave is real quick too, or is that getting deep? Uh, a stave is one of the pieces of wood that makes up a barrel. Perfect. Did, John, did you know that? No, I did not know that. Perfect. So the different staves I thought were really cool that you get to put in there. There's five different staves you can put in there. They're all heated and toasted and charred differently. There's the Maker's 46 stave, the standard one. One called Baked American Pure, which is uh, it's slowly toasted. There's a French cuvee, French oak stave that's cooked with infrared heat. Nice. That's weird. That's kind of cool. Yeah. A French mocha stave. It's a French oak cooked on high in a convention oven. So I thought that stuff was really cool. So there's... Five choices, you put in 10 staves. Okay. So that means there's a thousand so you, and so one you, different possibilities so you, yeah, you come out. You can make it as unique as you want it to be. Yeah. And you can make it specific to exactly what you think you would like based on toasted yeah, or exactly or you have no idea maybe whatever that one good. was yeah. or the conventional ovens, all that stuff. Yeah. So, so that's kind of cool and unique. A thousand and one different possibilities. Let's pour this up real quick. Um, this is coming. It all comes in at barrel proof, but barrel proof for Maker's Mark is not like anything that's going to blow your mind off this is at 110 and a half proof which is still you know i'm finding for myself percent more sure i'm finding for myself that the the 50 to 57 percent uh whiskeys are the ones that i'm liking the most even though and some of those are barrel proof and some of them aren't yeah i mean i feel like the flavor for me so this is kind of based on what you're telling me with the proof. It's it's right up my uh, you're in your my real house. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. yeah, 107 I think is the standard for like people who don't want 90 proof. Is the 107 is where where they where they like it the most. So based off of all that saying, this has three French mochas, three 46s, three French cuvee, and one American puree. So this should be smoky, cumin, char, maple, maybe a little chocolate, maybe some caramel. Give it a smell. Give it a taste. Johnny, what do you taste? Oh, dude, that caramel comes through on that smell really nice. I think so, too. Baking spices. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I think you should get that. Mm-hmm. I get a lot of caramel on that. Yeah, it's nice and sweet. Yeah. Yeah. No heartburn. No? I, that, that is a smooth finish. Yeah. Is it, Do you think that the combination of all those different staves is, 100%. What, is what adds that? Because if you have separate stuff, you're going to get a lot more harshness on the back end. I get <laughs> kind of like a brown sugar. Yeah, there you go. I like it. Yeah, car- like a caramelized sugar, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, the brown sugar for yeah. sure. And you should because that's in the that's in the French the French mocha oak, oak staves. So this at 110 proof isn't that much different than than your normal maker. So it should be really smooth. And I think you just get the added the extra added flavors from the random staves they throw in. On the front of the on the front of the bottle, there's a the wax seal 
like you see in like a old 1700s letter they steal their their name on it so that no one else read it there's an s and a iv which is a roman numeral um and that's for the uh, the s is for uh samuels and the iv is for her husband who were the um they were running makers but they were also the people going rocking around and picking like picking barrels like you're talking about with plans like picking barrels to to sample to make into um their exclusive makers products they would brand it into the into the barrel instead of write, writing it on a marker or anything so um she had an s and he had an iv so together there's a the, it was like sieve that's um, where that comes from yeah i think that's kind of interesting that's, that's fun yeah and this is back and in every the bottle's hand waxed right yep every single one of dipped, them hand dipped hand dipped so it, they started when they first started doing it she was doing it in her home her home fryer that's talk about small batch yeah yeah, so they've come a long way from that. But they say that because of the waxing on the on the top of the bottle of the cork, it changes the flavor of the whiskey a little bit in inside. I don't know if I totally agree with it, but I guess it could, there's some science well, behind it. But what, what, what we've learned is that whiskey evolves. So one way or another, yeah, whether you leaves, open... But once it leaves the barrel, that's all the evolving is done. But I guess this is something else with heat and... Not with the, the bell mead that we had when we opened it up and it evolved three weeks later. Yeah, so... It, yeah. This, you're talking about chemical properties, yeah. things that other bottles don't have access to. That's true. So, so not, to, not to dive deep, more deep into that, but yeah. didn't, what did, did you know Maker's Mark just uh, announced that for the first time in 60 years? Mm-hmm. They're coming out with a new whiskey that's a different mash bill than this. Oh, than yes. I did read that. Sorry. So, yeah. Oh, I was like, I was like lobbing you up for it. Oh, you know? I know. I like, okay, like, let's go back. Like, are, we t- are we talking about waxes? <laughs> put a blue one on it for the Cubs. Uh, yeah. So apparently, when you every time they so each wax on each bottle is different. Nice. Um, and then, so then, supposedly the juice inside is going to be the same. Uh, that's their goal, right? Mm-hmm. And but because of each each time wax hits the it's slightly different, it's slightly different, and so then it changes the flavor just a tiny bit. So how many bottles of makers do we need to get in here to try that side by side to determine if that's the truth? I'm thinking like 30 or 40. John, you agree with that? Yep. 30 right. or 40. We're going to have our own tasting committee. Nice. Um, should we get in? Is there anything else you want to talk about? Or should we get in the ratings? Yeah, let's go straight to the ratings. I thought the, those are my uh, my tidbits for I thought those were interesting. No, those are great, man. That's, oh, that's some really good knowledge. On the website, the, one of my favorite things on the website, so their son, Rob Samuels, now runs the show. Okay. And the, his, his job title they say, is not screwing it up, <laughs> which I think is really funny. That's awesome. So yeah. Obviously, the family's got a sense of humor. Yeah, That's sure. cool. Yeah. Very cool. I'm going to be honest with you. I'll go first. This this is the best Makers I've ever had. I'm, not that I've ever disliked Makers, but... I think Makers are just fine. Like, it's good. Yeah. No, it's, it's good, yeah. and it's good for the price. You know, yep. It's not overly expensive. It's not cheap but it, it's good for what it is. But th- this is the best makers I've, I've had. It's got a great nose. It's It, it doesn't linger. It doesn't stay with you. I'm going to give it a buy a pour. I buy a pour out at the bar, and uh, I'm, I'd give this a, a 7 out of 10 if we were doing the old stuff. Definitely not upset that I bought the bottle, so I'm going to stick with buying a bottle, but I wouldn't gift it because I want it for myself. <laughs> and I'd give this, I'm going to give this a 9. Wow. I think it's have, super have smooth. We, have we had a 9 yet on this show? No. John? No, we haven't. You're usually down on the lower end, like a two. Yeah, I give this like a two and a half. <laughs> <laughs> nine, nine. That's a nine banger right there. That's super good. smooth. It, it is really smooth. Nice and sweet. It's way better than I thought it was going to be. Johnny, what do you got? I'm going to agree with Garrett here uh, and you, Mike, because uh, this is the best Makers that I've ever had. I've tasted The only ones that I've actually had is the Makers 46 and then regular Makers. I would give this a solid nine, too, Garrett. Um, yeah, all right. I would definitely buy a bottle of this, and if I really liked somebody i would probably buy them a bottle as well i think it's like really the old dr- double dipper over yeah. here wow let's buy, buy a bottle two. gift it 
Well, now we know that next year when this comes out, Money if we bears. don't get one, he doesn't really like us. <laughs> <laughs> now, when you say gifted, it can't, it can't just be like, I, you know, for your birthday, I bought this, bought this bottle, but like maybe for a birth or something like Ooh, that or some special occasion. Nice. This is a special occasion gifted bottle. I like, I like it. it. I like it. Just not the normal birthday. It's got to be a special occasion. Absolutely. Wow, that's like a whole new rating system right there. <laughs> John, Jesus. John gave it two ratings and they both were great. <laughs> I don't know how you did it. There's four choices. You used two of them, and they're both awesome. That's sweet, man. I, I really like it. That That's a great rating for uh, a whiskey or a spirit from us. We haven't given – I think it, if we had a breakdown, that would come out to a 8.3 if we if we combine all three of our scores. Yeah. Right? 8.3. That's got to be the highest that's one. That's the highest one combined. So that's that's great for makers in their Benny's Select single barrel. Is that what it was? It's a yeah, private, private select. Private select. Done talking about the makers? Yeah, I'm done talking about makers. Let's <laughs> just keep drinking it. <laughs> Perfect. That's, that's why we get together, isn't it? <laughs> right, let's talk about the customer of the week. Oh, I've been thinking about this all day. I know. You know, and honestly, we, we work at two very high-volume restaurants. We utilize community-style seating because we don't have a lot of space. Let's talk about community-style seating first. Exactly. How many tables do you have in your restaurant? Not enough. <laughs> that's a great answer. <laughs> that's way better than what I was going to come up with. The, the the problem is that there's so many people who come out in twos, and a lot of our tables are meant for fours. Mm-hmm. So I'm losing two seats every single time there's a two tap come in. Sure. So uh, community tables are fantastic. So you for, can, for that, in theory. Sho- in theory, you could shove them together. In theory. In theory. Yeah. Not in how, the, how many not community in style tables do you have? Three. All right, we have four. Um, this is my favorite. Sweet, ca- sweet brag. I, I, one more <laughs> awesome table to confuse people with. Confuse people with exactly. This, this is why this happened. This happened uh, two days ago. Full restaurant, full bar, except for two seats at the bar, two seats at one of the community style tables. So the customer, the couple comes in. They didn't or did? No. The, well, the couple comes in. Yeah. They they say a table for two. I said, okay, we have a community style table. I can seat you at right now. I give them the whole spiel. They look at the bar. They see the two empty seats at the bar. Uh, we'll just sit at the bar. And I'm okay with that. That's fine. But now you just chose sitting with 22 people, community style, like ass to ankles at the bar, yeah. as opposed to sitting with two people on the other end of a, a long community style table. You could have had that for as long as you wanted. Now you're going to pony up to the bar, like I said. And be ass the same to Exactly. And you're sitting on the same side. It just See, makes no sense to me. And I explain it. I explain me, it to a team, though. Let me explain why it does make sense. Oh, boy. We're getting the other side over here. Because... Let me just turn my yeah, mic off here. Because if you have your own private table and you're sitting the two of you, you have the attention of, you know, just the two of you being at that table and the server coming over and assisting you at that single table. But when you go to decide to, like, sit at the bar... You have a bartender that's like right in front of you all the time. You have the TVs. It's different. It's a totally different experience, right? I would choose sitting at the bar, being able to see the TVs, interacting with the bartender, interact with the guests besides me, beside me, than having a weird sort of situation with four people at a table. Yeah, but their first choice was a table. No, so instead- no, their their first choice was a table where people could be sat next to them. That's no, the that, went- that was the only option. Their, fir- their first choice was to come in and sit at a table. Sit right. at a table for two. Right. So I explained it to them, and they, they opted not to go that route, which is fine. That's that's your that's your prerogative. You don't want to sit at a table. Right. It's a little weird. But you're literally ponying up to the bar next to people, whereas in this table, two people on the other side of the table with, How pri- many seats? with, three, with three even empty a, maybe, seats? Yeah, four. With even maybe a different server. You might not even have the same server. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's not like the server is like talking to all of you at the same time. You have your two twosome here and you get the other twosome on the other side. It's it just, it's, it's boggling to me, mind boggling to me that in the city, 
you sit where you get sat because that's what's available. Right. At, at our restaurants, it seems like people want to come in on their own terms and do what they want when they want to. I also enjoy that's, that's the bottom line. I also enjoy there's like there's like those restaurants that have like the um the long bench along a wall and then yeah. all these like little two person tables. It's the same thing. So you could be sitting at a different table but closer mm-hmm. to somebody than share a table and be further away. So they, that, let's talk about that. that then. That's okay, but yeah. sharing a table with someone sure. that end is oh no, is, is it I about, don't do that. Is it about the perception <laughs> of it being like because it's there's a separation? Even though there's that long bench, no, I mean, that e- gap is e- like even though six inches. Even yeah. though you're shoulder to shoulder at a bar, it's more of a natural environment to be sitting next to people at a bar than it is your own private table with I, another I can, couple. I, I could understand that. Yeah, I, but, but you're not sitting next to them. You are. No, they're, you're at they're, the same table. Yeah, but they're John. They're, they're farther there's... away than you and I are right here. I know. I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. I like that you're the devil's advocate on this. This is this is how it should be. This yeah. th- this is what no, sparks good conversation dude, and content. I totally understand what you're saying, yeah. but it's it is weird that you're literally like you have more space sitting at the table so it's, than you it, would at the bar. But be, but, okay. So because it's not a common thing, but sitting at the bar is a commonality. Yeah. Then you're talking about two different things. Sitting at a bar is, is normal and regular. Yeah. We're sitting at a community style table, especially in the suburbs, is not common. So therefore there's, there's the fear of the unknown. Yeah, which is I mean, which is which is ruining your experience, which could re- ruin your experience if that's not what you wanted out of going to a restaurant. Possibly, I okay. think it's just a, a, just a quick choice that people make, and that's it. Sit at the bar. Yeah, sweet. Well, I'm glad that John played devil's advocate on that. I like that. I'm not <laughs> saying that they, that you did it on purpose, but that's good though. That's, no, but this, right. it, it, me as a restaurateur and a general manager of a restaurant, these are the things that I want to hear about that are going to allow me to understand <laughs> the other side of it. I don't because yeah. when I walk into a restaurant, if someone says that, I said. Are they sitting on my lap? Yeah. No. Okay. Great. Then right. let's then let's sit down and have some eat eats and some drinks. So that's good. I appreciate that. I think it's that, just Johnny. like the, the mood you're in too. I mean, I I could sometimes talk, you want a little bit sometimes more. Sometimes you want to just be sitting across from someone at sure. a table, and sometimes you just you know. cool. No, I I love it. I love it. That's great. Good reviews all around for the beer and the spirits today. I think that's a pretty successful podcast for uh, Hailstorm and Maker's Mark coming from us because uh, we're pretty harsh. We don't like a lot of booze, you know, so we just find the For ones. people who love booze, we don't like a lot of <laughs> We don't like a lot of booze. All right. Um, well, we already dropped the uh, the teaser earlier with our merchandise. Uh, we're going to save that for join us on the next Sipping Social podcast, talking about our merchandise that we're going to be announcing, but we've already announced it. And hopefully somebody... One of the eight of you sends in something that we can talk about, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and and we'll get you guys uh, some free uh, some free swag. We got a couple of nice hats that are being designed that got designed, and we're gonna get them soon. I'm super excited about this, and you guys should be too. We're definitely gonna have our first, very very first guest on the Sipping Social podcast. The next time we record, two weeks from today. We got a couple different candidates. We're going to reach out to them this week and see which one will come on. Whichever one's available this time, they'll join us, and then we'll roll it out and keep rolling it out. You're going to see a heavy dose of industry people that we know, people who know more than we do, and people that are going to teach us some things on different aspects of the industry. Very, very interesting and cool stuff. Uh, Keep an eye out for that. And have a great night. That's it. That's all I got. That was a great podcast. I love hanging with you boys and uh, and all you folks out there. So uh, be good to each other and join us on the next one. Cheers. Cheers. Blades. First of all, we'd like to thank all of our listeners, families, and friends that support us throughout this. We couldn't do this without you. Subscribe to us on iTunes and check out exclusive content at our website, sippingsocialpodcast.com. 
You can also find us on Facebook. If you like this podcast, tell your friends about us. A huge thank you to our producer, John, in the Underground Studio. A shout-out to our boy, Johnny Perona and Davenport Ed. That's the rock and music you're hearing in the background. Thanks again, and we look forward to the next cocktail with you. Touching your arm, sweat. Yeah, there's some sweat on there. Now, is it because they got thick hair on their arms? Yeah, they have Robin Williams arms, or do they have like mine? No are hair. they Swedish or are they Greek? Do you shave your arms? No. Mm. Mm.